Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America, one enslaved mind at a time. And I'm telling you guys, we have a lot of unenslaving to do, so we need your help. This is a digital platform, so you can readily share this information. This is the latest edition of the Doug and Dave Intel Report. Uh, Doug Thornton, formerly Wrecker and formerly DHS agent, now retired, is uh, here to... We're going to talk about uh, a number of issues, and uh, I'll just say this is a starting point, and I'm going to let just Doug run with it, but uh, the Legion of Doom meeting, confirmed by many sources, including Paul Preston and myself publicly, uh, <laughs> the Legion of Doom is a meeting as a meeting of the CalExit people, the Raza, the Jesuits under uh, Chapman University, uh, Peter McLaren's participation, uh, <laughs> Obama's mentor, Eric Holder, who's been in charge of CalExit, uh, La Raza, uh, the various terrorist groups, the Chinese and rogue members of the Mexican government, Debaca, Tamsalupa governor, who if he sets, steps outside his state in any other Mexican state, he gets arrested. He's an enemy of AMLO, and he's been the facilitator of most of the caravans. They're all meeting in D.C., and gee, I wonder why. Some people say they're stopping the red wave with massive Tet Offensive style terrorism coming to our country. And uh, Doug was quoted in an article I'm publishing this morning in which he told me a couple of years ago about the uptake, uptick of terrorists coming into the country. They were apprehending at the border MS-13 in greater numbers and people like that. And folks, all the signs point to this. Paul Preston has the info. I've talked to two other sources that want to remain covert. They have said the same thing. America is about ready to never be the same. Doug, welcome to the show, and the poop is unfolding. Hey, Dave, thank you, and uh, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Doug and Dave Intel Report. You know, the whole Legion of Doom meeting that we have going on, uh, I would say that it's, it's good timing for them to be meeting and for the country to be in the state that it is right now, it's interesting with all the the climaxing of horrendous uh, points that are being made by the Democrats right now. They're they're really showing themselves to be who they are, and uh, I believe, and it's a conspiracy that's very old, but it's one of those that's you know it has a lot of truth to it. When the Democrats start getting problems something tragic happens or something devastating happens that takes uh, it takes the the viewers eyes off the Democrats and it puts it on to whatever this new epidemic new incident is and uh, you know what's better than terrorism what's better than uh, a failing economy what's better than a border that's no longer just open it's a floodgate uh, I had a border patrol supervisor years ago tell me that trying to stop the illegals coming across the border was like trying to catch a waterfall with a paper bag there's just it doesn't make sense anymore and obviously what we're seeing with Biden right now uh, it makes it even worse but hey what does that force it forces states to act on its own look what happened with Texas Texas now is putting up connex boxes and any other type of um materials that could be used to make an ad hoc border wall. Uh, I think 
I think that's a good thing. Um, I think it is going to be up to the states to stop the the flow coming across the border. But Dave, it doesn't matter if we stop what comes across after tomorrow, because what's already here is bad enough. The damage has been done, right? Yeah, we don't know what all is here, but we do know some of the characters. We do know that MS-13 is here. We do know that, you know, uh, China, we have people from China that came across the border. We have people from all over the Middle East. We have people from Russia and Yugoslavia. We have people from every facet of this planet has crossed our border, except for maybe like the Inuits. And they have all come in here. Uh, most of them are not vaccinated. Most of them are not going to pay taxes. Most of them are not going to go to their court dates. But they're all being brought here, for the most part, by the Democrats. So they have a rallying point with the Democrats, which means during election time, fraud, this upcoming elections, the fraud will be so overwhelming in certain democratically controlled areas. That's a key point for flipping a uh, an election I don't know Dave I don't know how it's going to go but uh, I know that they're always used uh, in San Antonio they were used quite quite often uh, illegals were given you know a, a Texas ID just to be able to vote which is you know that's not the way you're supposed to be able to vote but uh, every state law is different California has some of the worst along with New Jersey and New York but uh, you know Let's get back to what we were talking about. Okay. What is what is the inference? What is the reason and importance for gathering all these different types of people together to say that if need be, we will attack white people? One of the main goals for that, for starters, is fear. It always has to do with fear. When the Democrats or the elite need something done, they always have a group like Antifa, like Black Lives Matter, like La Raza, that can go out, be their henchmen, and can spread fear. Now, fear can be spread not only verbally, but also through intimidation, uh, intimidation at the polls, and also through violence. And I believe what we are going to see, and this is we're going to pick back up on a conversation you and I had last night. I believe the reason why we're going to see all this is because it would appear that they're getting ready to move Biden out of the presidency, they're not going to put Kamala Harris in. Dick Cheney had more approval rating than Kamala Harris. So Kamala is not going to be the president. And also, I think, and me and you talked about this, I think because she was born in Canada, and that is documented, that she cannot legally run for president. So why did you put a vice president who could never actually be a president in as the VP? I mean, they said mm. they set all this stuff up. Yeah, a I long smell, time ago. I smell Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, in the order of secession. Yeah, exactly. Nancy Pelosi, and then what? Chuck Schumer, maybe. Um, after her, because she is eighty. Uh wow! Th- this is absolutely incredible. What's happening to our nation here? Uh, but this Legion of Doom meeting, people, is real. It's real. You say, well, I haven't seen it on CNN. Okay. If that's what you're going to say, then there's nothing we can say beyond that that's going to help you understand the state of affairs. Uh, We are invaded. We are being occupied. We are seeing some resistance. 
and now we're describing for you the reaction to that resistance. And by the way, Doug, let me tell you how this all ends. And I've written about this for years, and you know this. I have said that when the domestic terrorism uh, and conflict becomes so great that whoever the president is, and now it's Biden, will invoke the Kigali principles, invite the UN in to suppress any American opposition to this takeover. And that invokes as well Jade Helm 16, in which they practiced in 2016 under the direction of Obama, taking on, quote, disaffected ex-American military. In other words, the country's been taken over in Jade Helm 16 scenario, and they're practicing against the guerrilla warfare tactics of American military X. It's all fitting together. Yeah, it all falls in line. And I don't know. It's it's like it's like there was a it's like there's a playbook for all this, right? Because we can see how this is all going to unfold. Uh, Biden sucks. Everything he does is terrible and embarrassing. He's effectively divided the country. The Democrats are losing their standing. We have an overflowing border. Crime is going through the roof in America. I mean, going through the roof. I mean, Biden at this rate is the criminal in chief. I've never seen crime so high in some places where it shouldn't be. And we have things like the false flags that could always happen. And there's always... There's always multiple false flags. They, they have a pool of things that they can pull from. There's a little book that was wrote for the government that is from A to Z, from nuclear attack to cyber attack to a plague pandemic to just civil un, uh, unrest. Example, methodology, formulation, plan of attack. It, it has everything wrote down for anyone to pick it up and know how to suppress an event or how to contain an event. They have all these things already wrote down. They know the playbook. They just have to pick which one they want. Uh, I've seen this. Uh, I've seen this this draft that I'm talking about, and uh, I thought it was funny at first when I was reading it. It was like a really bad movie script, but uh, when you go to find out that it was wrote by movie producers, that's when you start going, holy crap. Uh, so these these are things that, that are, are real, but what are the things that are coming? The things that are coming, obviously, is something that we've been talking about for a long time, and we're going to keep talking about them because they're always relevant. We have false flags that can be used. We have a split government. We have a split Republic, for the most part, Democrats on this side, Republicans on this side, uh, you know, no one could get along anymore. So the chances of that spark for civil conflict is very high, especially right now, especially when we start seeing more elections being stolen. And then the food prices go up, the gas prices go up. We go through this epic drought that everyone keeps talking about. Uh, you know, when, when all these things start to affect the everyday family's dinner table, America will unravel itself. Because America can be thrown together and held together through beliefs uh, and through willpower. But when it starts to affect you within your own home, 
you start to lose faith in the government and in the process. You start to lose faith in your neighbors who may be holding out on you. All these things creep in to people's minds. These are things that have been studied, that have been researched. I've kind of been a part of it. I've seen some of this before, so I, you know, I, I hate to say that I know what I'm talking about, but it's not hard to, to go down this road and see where we're going to head. I think the easiest path to go is that Biden will be removed, Kamala will be removed, someone we weren't expecting will become the president for the meantime. We're going to have spikes that are going to go beyond belief for gas and then food shortages, maybe into water shortages and hoarding will happen. We'll have the riots come back. You have the Kyle Rittenhouse case and Kyle's more than likely going to walk at this rate. Yeah, and Antifa he, he, has yeah. already said if Kyle walks, America burns. Let, let so, me address that. Last night I came across testimony and it was uh, for this, uh, I can't remember the guy's name now. He was the guy who got his bicep blown off. And uh, the testimony, first of all, as a lawyer, you never put anyone on the stand that you don't know what they're going to say. And uh, this guy's on the stand. And he describes in cross-examination that he lowered his gun, and they actually showed photographic evidence where they basically made him say it. You lowered your gun and pointed it at Kyle when he pull, pulled the trigger on his rifle and blew your arm away. And it's really interesting um, that the prosecutor should have already deposed him in private. What are you going to testify to? Uh, in other words, one of the three shootings has already been negated through self-defense. Right there. Right there. It's gone. That part of the case is gone. And I think... And I said this uh, this morning in an article I'm going to be publishing soon. I think that the Kyle Rittenhouse trial is the modern day version of the Rodney King trial that will set off this legion of doom, massive domestic terrorism. Because he's going well he's to walk. He will not see prison. Yeah, very well, very well could. I mean, the the prosecutor had his head in his hands. You know, just so embarrassed. Even yeah, but judge, how do you not know he was going to say this, Doug? I mean, you never put someone on the stand that you don't know confidently what he's going to say, particularly a key witness like this. Well, there, you know, there obviously is a bit of rehearsing that goes on yeah, uh, between lot. the counselor and the client. And I don't know, man, never underestimate the predictability of stupid people. Uh, this guy was if you if you read back this guy was originally trying to make a case that the reason why he pulled a firearm on Kyle was because he heard that Kyle had already shot two people or had witnessed it and so he pulled a firearm to protect himself and the defense attorney was amazing he said yeah you pulled that firearm to defend yourself is that also why you chased him down the road by about a half a block or more an entire group of you, and then you all assaulted him when he went to the ground. You couldn't have made it better. It, it was it was probably one of the biggest legal foot in the mouth that I have ever seen, and it was so awesome. It had to be intentional. No attorneys this stupid. Well, it, to within your own rights, you're not supposed to be able to self-incriminate, especially while in court, right? So. He self-incriminated yes. in court. So what's he been and promised? He, that's the key. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I'm sure the judge 
uh, is taking a very hard look at this case. Judge seems to be a pretty good, fair guy. Uh, let's hope he stays that way. And uh, I still say that Kyle's going to walk. I think Kyle might get five to ten years of probation. He might get hit with a charge here or there for uh, the firearm or, you know, for whatever. But <clears throat> I think Kyle's going to walk. And I think because of that, we're already being told that Antifa said that they're going to burn down the United States. There you go. I think that's... Uh, I think they know already that Kyle's going to walk. So they're preemptively getting Antifa mobilized. They're probably already mixing the, the Molotov cocktails right now. And they're just staging and getting ready. Uh, because probably within two or three weeks, this will be over. And we're probably going to see riots all across the United States. And those riots are probably going to go from the Kyle Rittenhouse to white supremacy to uh, the anti-vaxxers to, you know, who knows? They always have so many different things they want to riot about. But <clears throat> one thing that we need to, to keep our eyes on is if this is the Democrats' goal to call in the U.N., to have the Kigali principles be enacted, we have to have a very severe attack upon the United States in order to make that effective. I don't think it's out of the realm, and it's something that I, I constantly harp on, but it wouldn't take much to have a group of people to start attacking the power grids. Now, we already saw in Pennsylvania last week that a drone was flown over with a wire that was dangled from it into a, uh, a step-down station in Pennsylvania, northern Pennsylvania. And it, uh, it almost brought the station down. So that's a very, it's a very easy, clever way to do that. Uh, but, hey, man, so is throwing some tannerite out there and shooting it. In California, years ago, two guys with two AKs sat back and shot out a couple of Transformers and effectively almost took down everything. So it doesn't take much. And when you have a huge crowd of people that you can't stop, they don't have to always go to, you know, the Louis and Vuitton store or, uh, you know, the, the Nike or Adidas store and steal everything. They can be easily steered to go to critical infrastructure. And I think that's going to be a future. If that's the route that these groups want, then they have to start attacking critical infrastructure. And as prior law enforcement, I would tell anyone who is currently in law enforcement listening, if you are not protecting your city, your town, uh, your county's uh, own personal step-down stations or power stations, you're being foolish. They're too easy. They're too easy to destroy. And that daisy chain of reactions, once one or three start getting destroyed here and there, it's going to be very, very hard to pick all that power back up. And the moment the lights go out, crime and any opportunity for any terroristic event will significantly jump. Yeah. Well, uh, I, I, I really see where you're going with that. And I think you're absolutely right. I'm going to give you another piece of information that came to Paul Preston last night, and he tracked backtracked to me to his source. So I spoke to the originator of this information last night. The 153rd Division 
is now headed to Ukraine. Russia has issued a no-fly zone. I'm not so sure that the takedown of America is not becoming an international event. Israel, at the same time, has issued their no-fly zone because they're fearing invasion from Syria slash Iran. This, and I'll even go one step further, a prominent Israeli general last Friday, and I reported on this, reported to the Knesset, their legislative body, that America can no longer defend Israel in the Middle East against attack because they're undergoing a, an engineered collapse. And yesterday, Biden announced that they're looking strongly at shutting down another pipeline. It's all fitting together, Doug. Well, uh, it was only a couple of days ago that well, the Iraqi Prime Minister Al Kadimi, I think that's how you say his name, uh, was nearly assassinated. Yes, by a drone. You know, if you could by assassinate one of the most prominent guys who is helping keep Iraq together, you can let all the terrorism connect in between Syria, Iraq, and Iran. By a drone. I had Bob Griswold on my TV show, and he went through the capabilities of drones. And he believes this is the wave of terror that's coming against the grid and against key people, like firebombing their house in the middle of the night with a $2,000 drone that's expendable. Yeah, I mean, that's... Years ago, we had uh, we had bulletins, uh, especially on the border, where drones were being used by the cartel and they were booby-trapped. They had uh, military-grade grenades on them, fragmentation grenades. They had uh, booby-trapped with uh, homemade explosives. And so what they would do is they would just kind of fly these drones over to certain locations and drop off drugs. They can't handle a great payload, uh, but anything coming across the border is effective. And they, uh, they have equipment on these drones that are military grade where they can jam all the phones. They can pick up phone calls. You know, basically what our drones can do, the cartel has the same stuff. Not seeing the exact same stuff, but damn near the exact same stuff. And, uh, you know, that's going to be, that's going to be something that we should watch out for because we know that organizations like Antifa, like Black Lives Matter, uh, do coordinate with uh, training with certain cartels, and they will then take that training, they'll come back to America, they will expand upon that training and use trial runs in places like Portland. Uh, and then from there, it becomes a training ground. And then these people who were trained will get sent to different cities across the United States right before or right during the middle of the big protests and shortly after they arrive the riot starts and the riots are always very similar because they're all being led by Antifa Antifa which gets paid by George Soros and these are the same people that we have caught that said they went to Syria whenever ISIS was up and coming and got training from ISIS. So not only are they getting training from the cartel, they're getting training from a radical Islamic group. And then they're coming back here 
and we don't know what all they're doing with this, but we know that there is some form of tactics and procedures that are being trained upon and being taught. It's being uh, sent out to other individuals. It's, you know, whenever you see groups like this, and the reason why we talk about Antifa, because Antifa is the, right now, they are the number one prominent domestic terrorist group in the United States. They are the most effective, they are the most well-organized, and they seem to be anywhere and everywhere at any moment because they don't have a real defined leadership. They can just manifest through social media. And I'm not going to get into how that happens, uh, but that's 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 the route that they go. Interesting. And uh, it doesn't take much to see this type of group, take this type of information and training, and then employ it. Just wait till they're actually armed. Now, thankfully, most of these people are between the ages of 16 to mid-40s. Very few of them are military. Almost all of them are worthless, out-of-shape words I can't use on the radio, Dave, because it'll get you in trouble. Uh, they're a laughing stock to see. But there is strength and power in numbers. And there is strength and power in numbers when the police are told to stand down and not do anything. So we'll see how the police uh, this year react to the next riots, because it will happen. They, they it won't. absolutely will happen. They're not going to respond. Um, Doug, we need to step aside just for a second here and uh, have a word from our sponsors. And uh, this segment has been brought to you by the Satellite Phone Store. And one of the things that I'm concerned about is communication when they take down cities who are standing up against this tyranny. And the continuity of government says you seal off the cities and cut off all communications. Well, uh, shortwave and uh, satellite will survive. But how mobile is your shortwave set exactly? And you want a satellite phone anyway because if you're driving lonely mountain area, uh, valley, and your car breaks down, you got all kinds of critters outside, how are you going to call for help? your cell phone's not working right can't get reception well your satellite phone will and uh, i'm really proud to be representing these people because i think everyone should own one they're not expensive i don't use it for chit chat but i only pay one fourth the cost of what it cost me to operate my cell phone how do you get more information about this well give them a call at 855-980-5830 855-980-5830 we're also brought to you by noble gold we are being in an engineered economic collapse right now and uh, the israelis have already said so publicly within their government structure that we can't go and defend them and so we will come out the other side one day and the survivors will have to rebuild how do you want to come out? Do you want to come out as a pauper or do you want to come out with your resources fairly well intact? Noble Gold can help you with coming out with resources intact. If you stay the status quo, you're going to get devastated. If you get clever and you diversify and do it the right way, then you can come out relatively intact. It's up to you. So I'm going to give you a number to call. They are not pushy. They will send you free literature. The number to call is 877 646 5347 again that number if you have assets to protect and you owe it to yourself to have this conversation call 877-646-5347 and then finally our final sponsor for this program is MPS they're one of the few storable food companies that's still standing 
We're not going to get into the reasons why, and that's a whole different story, and quite frankly, I don't care. But MPS right now can meet the need. Now, <laughs> with hyperinflation, transportation issues coming up, I don't know how long they're going to be able to do that. And that's just being very honest with you. But if they can't do it, neither can anybody else. But right now, they can do it where most others are not. What do you get? 25-year shelf life, restaurant-quality food, and you get diversification of food so you don't get sick of eating the same thing, habituate to it, and stop eating, which you don't want to do. And there's a great savings if you go to preparewithdave.com. You'll see the savings there. And you should order according to that savings, which is significant. Go to, again, preparewithdave.com. And the advertising we're presenting here are things that I feel that America could potentially need. We turned down 90% of all advertising offers, not because they're bad products, not because I don't trust the people. It's because it doesn't fit what I think America might need. And these three products fit what I believe America is going to need in the near term. We're speaking with uh, Doug Thornton, a.k.a. the former wrecker, DHS agent that we had to call Federal LEO. And uh, as I go through my past articles doing research on some things, it's amazing how many times we quoted him and all the radio shows we did. It was unbelievable. So it's good to have him out of the closet. He'll soon be joining the good people at Global Star, where I have a presence. Doug Hagman has a presence. Ted Brower has a presence. Steve Quayle has a presence. So he's joining good company. So we'll be announcing that when he's ready to launch. And uh, we're certainly looking forward to that. And we're talking about the Legion of Doom and massive terrorism plan for America. And I'm gonna say this as a matter of bringing uh, Doug into a different side of this issue. Uh, Paul Preston had witnesses inside the CalExit meetings as they were occurring six years ago. And we went on my show and we revealed this in detail. So this isn't anything new. And what was said was, well, we're going to kill lots of white people, and this is all the radical groups I've already mentioned, and we're going to basically force our way out of the Union through the CalExit meeting. Now, CalExit today is being used as an operation arm for <laughs> domestic terrorism. Eric Holder is at the center of it, as well as many of the other aforementioned people. And what's really interesting, too, have you noticed, Gavin Newsom's been missing for 12 days. Uh, and listen to this, folks. Right next door in my home state, our governor is missing, gone to points unknown, and he's left the state under the control of George Soros-funded Secretary of State Katie Hobbs. I believe these absences are related. I believe they're probably getting their marching orders, much like what Putin did when he was taken down for 10 days by the Russian oligarchs several years ago, and he was told this is how it's going to be. This is what I think is happening here. And I think these are operational um, agents for what's ready to come. So, Doug, here's my question for you. Every false flag attack generally has beta tests. And I maintained when this was going on after in the aftermath of the event, because uh, the shooter and his brother were both CIA operatives in the Philippines, they had worked against ISIS, but they had also moved arms for ISIS in the Philippines. I'm talking about the Las Vegas massacre. Could this be a beta test for what we're about ready to see? 
Well, thankfully, there is a plethora of beta tests going around America right now. Uh, I think 2020 election was a beta test for the real elections that are going to matter soon. Uh, obviously, something like Las Vegas, uh, which should not have as much darkness around it, it should not be, uh, how would I put this gently? It should not have been completely overtaken by the FBI and swallowed into their into their files and then forgotten about. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're good at. They're very good at that. And, uh, you know, we could surmise a lot of different things from Las Vegas, but one thing is for sure, none of the story makes sense. So if none of the story makes sense, I'm going to go ahead and lean on a branch here and say that uh, it's BS and made up. Uh Obviously, the guy was a little throwed off. Obviously, the things that he did in the Philippines uh, should have brought up red flags. But once again, when the government has the ability and power to hide, uh, to suppress knowledge and information, then a ignorant mass of people will believe whatever CNN tells them or Fox News. And that's what we're seeing now. We thankfully, because of platforms like social media, can actually get real information uh, out amongst the masses almost instantly and have live updates. So that is kind of like an upper hand for us right now. I don't think uh, the elite ever saw social media being used like that. But at this rate, social media won't last very long because they can't allow that anymore. Uh, You know, the whole thing with Newsom. I was reading a while ago that uh, Newsom may have uh, side effects leaning towards bail uh, palsy because of mixing COVID vaccines. Paul Preston and I do not believe that story. Yeah, I I mean, you know, unfortunately, they can make up whatever story they want to hide them. The thing that that everyone needs to understand is that if you are going to take down this country and you were a part of it, you don't want to be caught in the crossfire and you want to make sure that you're in your own little safe kingdom. California is it. California is the kingdom for the Democrats. It's the kingdom for the left. Uh, and that's why Obama relocated there. That's why all the big name Democrats are there. That's why Hollywood is there. For that one day that China decides to finally come and invade, there'll be a ship out there in the San Francisco Harbor, maybe, uh, to whisk all these people away into safety until it's time to return America back over to them. And I think that is a very plausible scenario. Uh, if we if we want to go down that, uh, that route, I think it's a very plausible scenario because when the UN rolls in, the UN won't be here while lights are on. The UN won't be here while Bubba can still go grab his 30-06 and his shotgun. That's So it takes mass terrorism to create mass change. So one thing has to come before the other. Uh, The change cannot come without the violence. And violence begets violence. So terrorism in our streets, amongst ourselves, amongst our homes, would then enact a civil war-like conflict. Violence begets violence. After that violence happens, and it starts to become out of control for National Guard. It's out of control for the military. It's out of control for 
law enforcement who doesn't want to step in anymore, you've or you've lost half because of vaccines. You have to call in outside entities. So, in Doug's playbook, those are the things that have to happen first. Now, real quick, I want to hit on uh, I want to hit on food preps and the satellite phone, and I want to say it like this: In my world, soft targets are people who are inadequately capable or readily available to react to spontaneous violence. They typically don't know what to do and lean on the government too much. A self-reliant man or woman will be armed, they'll have some sort of martial training, they'll have some sort of food stocks and water supplies. They'll be prepared, maybe not all the way, but they'll at least have the head knowledge of being prepared. But it's the soft targets that we call victims that are going to be the most affected when Antifa and the biker gangs and the cartels and the BLM and all the street gangs have control of your Walmart, they have control of your HEB or, you know, your, your, your giant store, and you have to go through them to get food. You have to go through them to get water. Exactly. That is why we say have food. The government is already prepared for that. That's why in every state there is an allotted amount for only the government. And I'm not saying for everyone in the government, but for only the government. But there is also in every major city an allotted amount of vaccines and medicine for any type of biological terrorist attack like anthrax that is only for federal law enforcement. So the government is not here to help you. The government is not here to save you. Neither is your state government. That is truly not their responsibility. Your responsibility is to be able to be your first responder. You are your own first responder. So make sure you have the food. Make sure you have some sort of signaling device, some sort of telecommunication device. The sat phone is a great idea. Radios are a great idea. Make sure you have the ability to charge them. Because when the power goes out, they only last for so long. But that also means you have to get gas. If you have to get gas, gas has to come out of the ground from somewhere. Oh, yeah. So all these, all these things, they all play in together. And we, we, we harp on a lot, but we don't really ever really break it down Barney style. Because if you've ever lived like I did in Hurricane Alley, every time the power went out for a couple weeks... You always knew, dang, I should have had this, or we should have stocked up on that. And I've already been there. I've already seen Americans attacking Americans over canned food after Katrina. So I, I, I already know the, the depravity of man within America during a type of event like that. Just wait until all the lights go out and all yeah. the crime starts back up. I, I hear exactly what you're saying, and... These are scenarios that have been rehearsed. I've talked to people who participated in some of these drills, and you're exactly right in what you're saying. You can jam some of these devices with RF, but then you also jam your own communications too. So that's what really keeps a lot of people from, uh, well, let's put it this way. They're not going to be able to stop all the communications with with shortwave and with uh, satellite. They're just not going to be able to. Um, 
and they could take down satellites, but then they take down their own stuff too. It's a, it's a tough go. And I'm glad you brought that up. Communication is absolutely key. Um, let me ask you a general question here. Um, when do you bug out and when do you bug in? Is there a dividing point that uh, Doug Thornton looks at and says, this is my line in the sand? So for me, everything is always intel gathering first. I'm going to watch the news, my local news, and the national news. And I'm going to you know, research what I can on the Internet and try and gather all my intel. And then I'm going to start formulating a plan. And... I always bug in first. Unless my house is on fire, I am staying here. This is my kingdom. I have my property set exactly where I want to be near large water sources so that in the event that grid goes down, I can't pull water out of the ground, I have other means to tap into. Uh, water is life. If you don't have the effective amount of water, you're going to die. So if you're in a, one of those waterlocked areas where you cannot readily access water and I'm not talking about bottled water bottled water should be considered a food ration I'm talking about water that you can pull from the ground if you don't have that bug out because that is going to be where <laughs> that's where the crocodiles hide that's where that's where the lions ambush from yeah. the water hole you know you have to be able to think like an animal at that point that's that's the thing that we're going to be seeing, we're going to be dealing with. Uh, people will go wild and crazy. And I would say to always bug in first, but, you know, situations that will dictate that. Like I said, if you're facing a wildfire, obviously don't bug in. But if if lights go out, stay where you are. Stay right where you are immediately contact your neighbors start a community watch i would not tell anybody anything that i have in my home uh, but your community if you should already be doing your due diligence to know your neighbors but if not that's when i would get to know who my neighbors are at least i can get a a, a name to face but you know that's that's just uh that's my my first thing is I'm going to bug in. Uh, I would bug out if there was a location that I had everything stocked up on that I could move to in the event that I can't pull a trailer filled full of goods. Uh, you got to understand that if you're going through a dystopian world, you need agility. Agility to get you from A to B. So if B is my bug out zone, then I need to be as agile and as fast as possible to get there. I don't want an 18-wheeler. or you know, I don't want a, a dually pulling a, a gooseneck trailer filled full of cattle. I want to be able to get to where I need to go as fast as possible before someone else gets there. So that's, uh, that's my mindset. Um, what about advancing troops? You've got intel that says, hey, the Chinese are... 20 miles away and they're coming in your direction what would you recommend well I don't like the 20 miles away part you know if there was a movement of infantry coming in my direction 
you can still hunker down. You take the risk of being found. Exactly. Technology, technology is very advanced. Very, very advanced nowadays. Uh, but moving can also spring a trap. So you, know, you, have, you have to be very considerate as to when is too close and when is far enough to be able to leave. Uh, at 20 miles, I, I, I'd be going 100 miles an hour. I would be leaving at 200 miles. But you know, that, that all depends. Are we talking about light attack vehicles? Are we talking about tanks? Are we talking about regular infantry? Are we talking about the roving bands of the morons, the criminals, the Antifa? Mm -hmm. you know, that, those, those things will, that will also dictate. Because I can hold off the roving band of idiots. I can get me and a couple other guys with some few unique items that you can find readily on a farm. And we can hold off a very large group of people. However, a trained military? No. Absolutely not. If I had to go against my squad while I was in the Marine Corps, me versus my squad, I don't know. I got a lot of knowledge. I got a lot of experience. But uh, 12 versus 1 is not a good, it's not a good ratio. So, uh, you know, and, and all these all these militaries carry assets. They... You know, you have the chance for them carrying artillery, uh, be able to call down artillery, call down an airstrike, uh, call up uh, vehicles to come and reinforce you or, or blockade you or do an L ambush on you. Uh, you know, they have the ability to jam your communications or track your, your communication and follow you. So, you know, this is a this is a very unfair fight of the public versus a advanced military you would have to go Vietnam style. You would have to abandon electronics so that you can't be tracked. You would have to know how to use a map and a compass. Good luck, millennials. Uh, you would have to be able to understand lat long, your latitudes and your longitudes, how to shoot a azimuth, how to know where rally points are and making checkpoints. You know, you, we were talking about breaking things back down, Barney style, because that's what the Iraqis did to us. That's what the Afghanis did to us. That's what the Syrians did to us. And it worked pretty well. Uh, you know, they, they had some complex things here and there, but for the most part, it was word of mouth. And when you embed yourself amongst the populace, unless you just outright destroy the populace, you can't destroy the embedded terrorism. That is always a problem, and it will always be a problem. There is a solution. You can firebomb an entire town, but... You know, then you you have that problem. So it depends on, I guess, uh, who our enemy is. You know, if they had called in China, and China's moving down the street, all options are on the table, because the Chinese will do anything and everything. They have no humanity at all. Let's say it's our friends, the Australians or the Canadians. You don't think there'll be people trying to talk to them? Hey, what are you guys doing? What's the intel? You know, where are you guys going? Who are you looking for? That happened to us constantly. And that would happen to another uh, NATO-friendly ally. But those will be the first ones pulled in, is NATO-friendly allies. I think China would be called in maybe for California and then sit there and hold California. 
because that those deep water ports, the military bases there, most of the elites that are there, that is a stronghold, and it's also a very good launching platform for any type of invasion. You know, why not hold one of the biggest places where we have the most food, where we have the most uh, favorable growing seasons? So if I was the Chinese, I would hold the West Coast. If I was the elite and I wanted to call in everyone from the Kigali principles, I'd come in from the Gulf, I'd come in from Mexico, come in from Canada, I'd come in from the East Coast. And I would slowly, like a fist closing, I would go all the way in to the heartland. However, weather dictates, and then you have the fighting American spirit. And those two things right there almost always fall in our favor. I have said when this starts, and, and, and I believe it will start, that future generations of America will be embroiled in a Viet Cong slash North Vietnamese existence. What do you think? Yeah, you'll be... you'll. My dad was a Vietnam vet. And my dad was a very throwed-off person for a very long time because of it. Um, my uncle was a Vietnam vet. And I see how those men reacted to that kind of a war. And was it really a war of attrition? It was really a war of, of fear more than anything else. Because, you know, look at the type of injuries that we were sending men back with. Bamboo shoots going through stomachs, uh, you know, people falling on, uh, on traps that broke ankles and shins and knees. And they were made with twine and sticks in a hole in the dirt. And here we are trying to plant mines. So it, it is a very effective guerrilla warfare is a very effective means of warfare. And you do have specific units that are very good at fighting guerrilla style warfare. The Marine Corps is one of them. Uh, but home turf, that's hard to win. That's really hard to win. Good luck going up to some place like, I don't know, Washington and, and trying to get people in that rainforest. You know, out in the open desert, you're fair game. In a wilderness, you really start to dwindle down the ability for a military to come after you because big thick trees clumped together means no vehicles that means a dismounted patrol so if you were a resistance fighter and you were you know running to the hills i would go to a mountain where i can have height advantage uh, the elevation is mine not the enemies and i want trees to stop tanks and small trucks and from there, I'll set up pinch points. And uh, there are plenty of people who know exactly what I'm talking about. And the thing that the elite don't seem to understand or uh, the leftists don't seem to understand is that if you push one side of America into a civil war, yeah, you may have the presidency right now. Yeah, you may be able to call in the UN right now. We have way more combat experience on the right, on conservative side, than the left ever has. And it's not just that we have the combat experience from combat veterans. We have very capable Americans, men and women, who are rough-and-tumble kind of people, uh, like yourself, who are more than willing to grab a gun and defend their country. 
and they underestimate what patriotism means to Americans. I would agree with that last statement, but I would also say in this society of flip the switch and the light comes on almost every time, that to have the patience it would take to be a compliant, dictatorial, controlled citizen by day and a terrorist by night, that would be very, very difficult, I think, for people to um, to adapt to for America. Because we're not, first of all, guerrilla warfare does not obtain land. There are no land acquisitions. It hopes that you will wear down your enemy over a significant per, uh, period of time and they'll give up. Because you don't win a war with guerrilla war. You just keep the resistance alive. So with the attrition factor, and, and I don't know if America could do this for 30, 40 years. I will say this. If you started a guerrilla war, let's say it lasted two years, then I would say it would. It would it would run its course. Vietnam, I mean, if you look at the, the, the Viet Cong, they resisted the Japanese in 1941. They resisted the French until the mid-50s when they were defeated at Dien Bien Phu, and they resisted America until 1975. That, by my calculations, is 34 years. That's a hell of a long time, Doug. With basic firearms. Yeah, exactly. And bungee just sticks. And yeah, it yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. Just imagine if the Viet Cong or the Afghanis had the means and availability to get the resources the everyday American has. Nothing stops the everyday American, as long as you're not a felon, from going and buying a Barrett 50 cal, an anti-material rifle that can shoot well over a mile. No one's saying that you can shoot anything accurate if you don't have the training, but the ability to penetrate any level of armor that any law enforcement has right now, you can go down to your average gun store and order it for about $9,000. Imagine if any one of these third world countries that we have been in conflict with had access to stuff like that, had the readily available access to all the type of weapons that we have, not just weapons. Look at the food. Uh, an army fights on its stomach. Napoleon said that and he's still right. Look at the amount of food that you can store now or the amount of medicine that you can store now or the infrastructure that you can create through social media now. So if we had to fight if we had to fight Vietnam, if Vietnam was able to be as capable as the as the everyday American, we would not win that fight. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Some things are going to have to happen. I also think that's why the Great Reset wants to strip us of all ownership so they can strip us of our defense mechanisms as well. We are flat out of time. This is, um, went quickly. This went very quickly. And this is going to disturb a lot of people. But you know what? I'm sorry. That's the nature of the beast that we're in. Doug, thanks for joining us. I look forward to our next installment of the Doug and Dave Intel Report. Thanks, Dave.